If you enjoy Our Sinclair and want to support the show, please visit our page at patreon.com slash Our Sinclair. Hi everybody, welcome to Our Sinclair. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to be rocking and socking. Yeah. It's Frank Bruno's box. That's right. Frank Bruno, dude. Aaron, when was the first time you heard about Frank Bruno? Oh, long, long ago. I think the very first time I saw Frank Bruno, <clears throat> he fought a guy called Bone Crusher Smith. Do you remember wow. Bone Crusher no. Smith? And uh, Bone Crusher Smith beat him. But I had heard uh, of Frank Bruno because he was an up-and-coming... He was an up-and-coming boxer from the UK. And... It's funny to think about this now. We should talk about some boxing before okay. we get into the game, right? Because Frank Bruno was sort of the he was sort of the change from the old way of looking at boxing to the new way. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to explain why. Frank Bruno was a heavyweight fighter uh, who amassed a record uh, boat of 45 uh, wins with 40 knockouts against only five losses. And two of the losses were... He only to, lost five times? That's right. And two wow. of the losses were to Mike Tyson. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and to be fair, he fought a lot of tomato cans, too. He, well, we'll get into that. But in America, in the, in these, pretty much from the time I was born until the late 80s, everyone considered European boxers in the heavyweight ranks to be no big threat. Yeah, pansies. Uh, because that... But, well... There's a lot of reasons. It's a lot like why people now, when you're in a smaller country and you do MMA, people don't, or like you know, or like a country that's not a real has to have a big rep for MMA. Mm-hmm. People don't look at you with a lot of fear because they know you haven't fought any, you haven't trained with or fought any big cow. You haven't guys. been in a big pond, yeah. right? And so, the Europeans had this sort of, uh, uh, they had this sort of uh, label that they were, sometimes they were tough, but you could usually handle them. They, they weren't like a, a, a huge company. In the heavyweight e- division. Did that extend to the Soviet bloc as well? Or I guess in the 80s there were no Soviet fighters because no. nobody was, was No, was there were yeah. yeah. This wasn't unless you're playing Rocky. Right. So, I mean, a lot of the big players, I, I looked over Bruno's record, you know, and you're right, he fought a lot of guys I'd never heard of, the majority. And a lot of the really good fighters that he fought, he lost to, to be mm-hmm. completely honest with you. Uh, uh, but he did have some notable wins. Actually, I wrote down a few of these things. Uh, he beat, for one thing, I thought that, now this is going to be nothing to you, but he, if one of the guys he beat was a guy named Scott Ledoux. Scott Ledoux was a guy of Minnesota, and he, he and Frank Brenner retired him. He beat him in his last fight, knocked him out. And Scott Ledoux ended up doing some wrestling-related uh, stuff really? up in the AWA. Yeah, but Scott Ledoux had, had, like, uh, had like four or five title shots in his life, and he lost every one of them. He also beat a guy named James Quick Tillis. I remembered him. Carl the Truth Williams, I remembered him. But Where it, are the nicknames in today's Oh, wrestling? they still got him. But his losses was two losses to Mike Tyson. Uh, he also lost to Lennox Lewis, uh, Tim Witherspoon, and Bone Crusher Smith. So uh, all those guys that he lost to, I mean, he beat everyone that was – he beat everyone he should have, and the losses he got were from guys that were really tough. Like, if you look at these guys, Tyson – uh, Bone Crusher and Lennox Lewis were all world champions. Yeah. So th- you, you can't say that he didn't go up against big dogs. Right. He went in there and he uh, uh, beat really tough guys. Now, um, uh, but he had a good rep. He was a knockout specialist. And he actually, after he beat, after Mike Tyson beat him, he didn't let that get him down. He came back and he actually 
uh, had a title shot for the vacant, I believe it was the WB, you know, WBC title against a guy named Oliver McCall. Now, Oliver McCall is another notable heavyweight, a pretty good guy. And Bruno be, beat him in a decision at Wembley Stadium and won the world title. Yeah, yeah. Which is awesome. And I actually, I never saw that fight, but I watched it this week. And mm-hmm. it, he, I, I watched it as Bruno's well. Bruno's a big guy. And he was long, and he was, and he was powerful, and he, and he easily won the fight. And he, most of his fights, if you watch him, they're not really that close. I mean, mm-hmm. he pretty much smashes guys. Yeah. He's a very Tyson-esque. And I will admit, my image of him was not because the only times I ever saw him was when he was getting murdered by Amer- by uh, except for Lex Lou, he was getting crushed by guys that I were big heavyweights, yeah. you know. Um, so the problem with winning that WBC belt was there was a mandatory claws in it that he had to fight in his first defense, Mike Tyson. <laughs> who, and he, Admittedly, he was the first guy to actually kind of make Mike Tyson wobble a little yeah, before yeah. he got, you know, knocked out. Right. And I will say, every time I saw him get knocked out, he never really kind of fell over. He sort of like got the rough stop. Yeah, he was the rough stop the fight, yeah. And that, you know, and I want to I want to interject here. Oh, go ahead. This is something that, you know, we've talked several times about uh, why I like boxing and why I don't like MMA. And I think part of it is because the ref will stop the fight much sooner in a boxing match than he will in a... If somebody's just getting pummeled, if the guy's on top of him, they'll just let him go and punch the sucker in the face. Well, there are different... The reason that happens is there are more avenues in martial arts to come back than there are in fighting. But it's just... That's a a level of brutality that makes me uncomfortable. It's funny that you're a boxing fan given your hatred of violence. Well, like I said, it's the sweet science. It is. Um... So and of course Bruno did got he got smashed by Tyson I think it was like three rounds and then he and then he retired yeah uh, which was his and that's pretty much all I knew about him so I looked up some extra stuff because you know me because I wanted to get into like a little bit more about the guy so get this and I thought this was crazy but this is the kind of crap that ha- what happened in the states so uh, Bruno basically got picked up uh, by some medical people in a- 1983 because he had, had had some real psychiatric issues mm-hmm. okay. He had depression, he was bipolar, he was all messed up, right? So, this is 2003, okay? 2003 when this happened. So, he also admitted that he'd been, apparently he'd done some drugs or whatever. So, anyway, get this. Uh, The Sun, the newspaper, here's the headline they went with for the next, the first editions after this happened. Keep in mind, Bruno, national treasure, former world champion, right? All right. Here's their headline. Bonkers Bruno locked up. That's what they went with. Yeah, the sign not one for settlement. <laughs> this did not get over, <laughs> as you can imagine. And so they retracted that headline in the second edition, and then they felt bad. And so the newspaper uh, established a charity. Okay, let's back up. They yeah. didn't feel bad. They felt that they were going to lose well, subscribers. Well, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And so... Uh, uh, <laughs> Basically, they really screwed up, and, and it was a real bad thing. And Bruno mentioned it. You know, he's like, you know, and he and this is a quote. I thought this was kind of a good quote from him. He said, uh, 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 he said, mental illness is a terrible thing to have to cope with, but I've learned it's a fight you can win if you live your life the right way. And so I was like, I wanted to see what he had done after this. And actually, what the stuff he did was really cool. Uh, he had a uh, he published an autobiography called Frank Fighting Back, and it won the best autobiography. Award at the British Book Awards in 2006. Wow. Pretty good. Uh, he also did a lot of commentating, uh, which is cool. He, he does a lot of like 
guest spots on TV shows and, and like, in, you know, he does crazy stuff like that. Cameos. Get this. You know, I love these boats. I don't know if you saw this when I put it in the Discord. He released a, a, an album, a single. He recovered Eye of the Tiger. Really? Yeah. I, I, I must have missed that on the Discord. Now, it, re- it went to 28 in the UK charts. Now, I'll listen to this, all right? Because we also heard uh, uh, Panza from Panza Kickboxing mm-hmm, saying mm-hmm. it was something. <laughs> uh, uh, Frank Bruno is like, he should have been in the Commodores. Really? This guy sings it now. So there's speculation that maybe he didn't sing this song. <laughs> All right. But I'll tell you something. If he did, he missed his, he's in the wrong career mm-hmm. because this guy had a set of pipes that was, I, was, I couldn't believe. But anyway, if you're, if you're on the Discord, you can hop in there to our music zone and you can check check that out. I thought that was real funny. Um, he's been on The Weakest Link. <laughs> he's been Bunch of crazy stuff. He competed in the 2011 London Marathon. Wow! Which I thought was neat. And he uh, he uh, did it. Helped up his doc uh, his daughter do a documentary on BBC Three. It was called Rachel Bruno, My Dad and Me in 2013. So I thought that was neat. He's yeah. he's still active, doing a lot of stuff. A lot of these world champions are are still pretty nice guys. You know, they're they're in a very vicious sport, but. They are not vicious men often, you know, not just heavyweights, but all, you know, articles you know, I, I watched a, uh, a documentary about Frank Bruno. It was an ITV documentary. And it's remarkable the parallels between him and Tyson in their early life. You yeah. Know, very violent upbringing. Yeah. Uh, single parent, or I don't know if he was a single parent. He wasn't single. I don't yeah, think, I think he was. Think he, uh, but his. His parents couldn't control him. Basically, he got he got expelled from school and sent to reform school. He got into fights all the time, and it was really boxing was his way out of you know just a life of depravity. Unfortunately, boxing was also the way into other kinds of depravity, thanks to the people that were surrounding him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, that happens to a lot of big time boxers, or or a big, you know not just boxers but musicians. I mean, mm-hmm. you get the money, you get a bunch of people pulling you different directions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It happens um, to me sometimes. We get this show. Mm-hmm. I go outside the house here. I mob, mob. you know, Every and week. then I've, I've got to have. You can't some, even make it to your car. I can't make it home without a little cocaine and yeah. get get back to the house, have a few drinks. Yeah, you know, fight off the hordes of women, mm-hmm. and then it's time to record a thing on the sailor man. That's the way it goes. <laughs> um, it, I, I thought it was you know that he talked about much like Tyson. Uh, you know, had a, a trainer that was, you know, a kind of a father figure for him. Yeah, uh, Frank. Bruno, yeah, Frank Bruno's trainer uh, was the same, and it, it really hurt him because I guess he ended up uh, killing himself after the death of his oh, man. Uh, wife and his son of cancer. I guess he felt like, and so really kind of a depressing, sad story. And then the thing ended; it wasn't as new as the information that you had. It basically <laughs> ended with him just sitting in the mental hospital, and I was like, "Ooh, this yeah." Is a well, it, I'm, I'm ha- glad that he sort of uh, yeah. made a comeback. He's rebounded, and apparently, and of course, we're not in the UK, but I, apparently he's a very popular figure. People still know him. That's great. You know, he's That's a great. he was a big old boy too. Yeah. Was, and and uh, uh, that reach and stuff. He was a he was a monster. I have to say, I I, I was planning on coming on here and be like, ah, oh, Frank Bruno, this guy overrated. But now he was. Listen, he, did he fight a lot of guys that I don't think were quality punch? Yes, but. Uh, you don't rise to be a heavyweight champion. It's not a fluke. You don't get multiple yeah. shots with Tyson unless you, yeah. You've and got he really something. he did rock Tyson and and oh that hung, first and fight and then hung with him did. for a while. Yeah. So and this is when Tyson was unstoppable. Yeah. So we'll transition from that heroic tale coming down from the bottom to talk about something slightly <laughs> less heroic. The 1985 release of Frank Bruno's boxing for the ZX Spectrum. Now. Uh, this came out, uh, I, I read two different dates on this, July and December, so we're going to go with July, but it doesn't really matter that much. 
Uh, this was published by Elite Systems Limited. Now, this had a, a, a large staff of people uh, boat that worked on it. Uh, Andy Williams, Trevor Perks, Paul Holmes, Gary Priest, Roy C. Green, all worked on this game. Uh, and these guys have credits a, a mile long uh, that, you know, I'm not going to go into. But, of course, some of these guys have worked on stuff. We've, In fact, Andy Williams... Uh, amongst his uh, big ones, he did Grand National and uh, Kakoni Wilf, which we've worked at, looked at mm -hmm. both of those. There's a lot of stuff. It's funny we see these guys pop back up time and again. I saw this game uh, often uh, incorrectly. Now, I will say World Spectre got it right, but I saw a lot of people incorrectly think that this was some sort of licensed game from, from Nintendo. No, no, sir. Incorrect. Mm -hmm. Um, now, let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you know if the this was released on the Spectrum or C64 first? Do you have that information? I don't. Okay. I don't. I was curious about that. I, you know, it's funny because <clears throat> I actually played the Spectrum and PC versions of this. Believe it or not, I found the PC version. I did not know a PC version existed. Oh, yeah. I didn't either until I found it. Um, this uh, debuted at the astonishing price of £6.95p. And then the budget price, of course, was two two pound uh, when it came out. Now, what is Frank Bruno's boxing? Um, it's punch out. It's what it is. Mm -hmm. It's super punch out uh, for the spectrum. Now, uh, there are some minor modifications and some additional guys, uh, but that's what this is. Now, uh, the punch out series is a favorite of mine. You know, I love it. I love Punch-Out, I love Super Punch-Out, I love the NES Punch-Out, mm -hmm. which was great. Mm -hmm. I like Super Punch-Out on the Super Nintendo, and I like the Wii Punch-Out. Wii punch There's never good. been a bad Punch-Out in, yeah. my, in my eyes. Until now. <laughs> <laughs> because I was not, in fact, I will say, uh, even the Coco had a really good clone of Punch-Out. And the Atari 2600, the Angry Video video Game Nerd, did a clone of Punch-Out, and it's great too. Mm -hmm. So the clones are generally good. This clone, I would not put amongst the ranks of the good ones. I was wondering how you would feel about it. And you know, normally I won't come in here and bury a game. And this one, it's not a total debacle, but it's, I think it's straight up lazy. That's yeah. what I think it is. And when you asked about the C64 version coming out first, well, I know where you're going here. Was this a really quick and dirty port? Right. That would explain a, a few things. So if, for, if you're not familiar with the Punch-Out series from Nintendo, uh, you play a boxer, and you're uh, with a you're behind the view. You, you're standing basically behind his back, and he's and you're watching him fight a guy who stands in front of him. You're in a ring, but really the surroundings don't matter. You can't really move around. You can just dodge, mm -hmm. and you uh, have a button for your left hand, one for your right hand, and then you've got a, a duck button in this case, uh, which uh, you can use, and which Super Punch Out had, <clears throat> and you fight a series of colorful and wacky opponents. Now. Uh, this game came out in 85, and I know someone somewhere is going to be like, uh, uh, is going to want us to mention that, that the off-color, uh, sort of blue area baddies you that you play, that you fight against in these games. They're basically uh, stereotypes of various countries. In the grand punch-out tradition. Yeah, and it, it is. So they, and, that, and some of these guys were literally yoinked directly from Super Punch-Out, just the name Sprite got changed. Right and all, yeah. And then, well... <laughs> sort of, yeah. and then and then some were like unique uh, fighters from just this version. <clears throat> you, when you when you boot this up, and feel free to jump in anytime you're about you, when you want to say something. But when you boot this up, you're treated to a menu screen that loads quickly, and it gives you certain options. The, the options are you can use the uh, you, you've got two different joystick options, or you can use the keyboard. Right. Okay, let me stop you right okay, there. Okay, I knew you were. Go mm -hmm. ahead. 
Okay, so this game right off the bat is ultra confusing because your options are press L to load next boxer. Yeah. Press, I think it's R to load this box. To replay current box. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, when you first play the game, you don't want to be greeted with that menu. You want to see push the fire button and start the game. Right. You know? Now, I realize why they did this. If you if you go through the instructions, you can actually fight these boxers in whatever order you want. Um, you, the way that this game works is, is highly unusual, actually. Um, they, the, the boxers are all located in different positions on the tape. And so uh, what, what, you, what you have to do is after you enter your three-letter name, you enter something called a membership code, which yeah. is, is, is part of uh, you know when you beat a boxer, you, you get a code. And that acts as sort of a password system where you can keep track of your wins and losses while fighting these guys in any order you want. Um, and it's interesting, I'm reading directly from the, uh, the documentation here. Uh, after you press play on the cassette player, it says the program will tell you what boxer it has found on the tape. If it finds a boxer comes before the one it is searching for, then you should fast forward the tape a little bit. Conversely, if it finds a boxer that comes after the one it is searching for, then you should rewind the tape a little bit. To me, that seems incredibly imprecise. Uh, I don't know what a little bit is, and I, I didn't play this with a tape. Uh, I played this with the emulator, but uh, I can only imagine that this would be very, very confusing to your average user. Well, I played this with a crappier emulator, and it is. I loaded this up, I'm like, what in God's name? So of course I had to go hunt some help to figure out what was going on. Basically, what they did here was they just made it so you had to load each guy without it. The game doesn't load itself. You have right. to load it, and it's that sucks. Mm -hmm. I hated that. Mm -hmm. uh, and what they do is an added jerk bonus. And I know why they did this. When you start a, a bout, you have to uh, put in your initials or whatever you want, yeah. and then you'll fight the guy. And then if when, and then if you win, it gives you a code. You can't just go online and get some codes and play it because it, not with your initials. Because it's sort of, the codes are specific for the initials mm -hmm. you put in. It is sort of crafty. Like it's they crafty. They were trying not to let, let people be able to cheat. It's crafty, but it's crappy. Mm -hmm. Because number one, I just want to, I mean, I, ended up, I found a worker. I just used some other sucker's name. I got on World of Spectrum's cheat area yeah. and, and just went through them. Uh, but uh, I don't like it. That's too much work. That's too much work for this. There's... You know, uh, there's no reason why this game has to be special and it can't load the game up and let you play it. I mean, I, I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. I didn't like it. Now, someone could tell me, and, and I would be, I would accept this, by the way. If someone said, listen, this is the only way they could do it, uh, uh, that's right, Brent. Uh, that, that, that someone, they couldn't do it. There's a physical reason why they couldn't use the hardware uh, to do it. And I'll accept that. But I didn't like it. I thought it ruined the game. Uh, in, a, in a lot of ways, because it was just a hassle, and it breaks up the action something fierce, mm -hmm. uh, and, you know. And also, uh, I can imagine going through this game and just having it not work. So it just, it, I didn't, I didn't like it. I will say, you get a little bio uh, on the guy you're going to fight when right before you fight. I thought that was cool. It's sort of the loading area, but the 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 loading from tape thing sucked. Something else that sucked is the inability to re to reassign the keys. That's that was horrible. Now I'm not going to dock points against that because. We don't have a Spectrum. Well, I don't. I had to place on an emulator, and so I couldn't. Uh, the Spectrum has keys in different spots than I have. Maybe that was the best way to use the keys. But for me, I didn't like it. So what I ended up doing was 
this is one of the few games where I had to load up the joystick. The joystick is funky when, with this game because you, you use the joystick and the keyboard. Right. That's uh, exactly the way I played it, too. Yeah. So you, 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 if you do it this way, which is the way that I recommend doing it if you're going to subject yourself to this particular title, uh, is you use the joystick to move your boxer's hands into <laughs> one of three positions. You got your gloves up, you got your gloves in the middle, and you got your gloves down. And then uh, you hit the buttons on the top of the, the top row of the keyboard to punch either left or right. And then the whole bottom row of the keyboard is your knockout punch. So in punch out, you have an uppercut, which basically <laughs> when your guy, when he's ready to be knocked out, uh, you can hit that uppercut button and it'll really do a number on him. Yeah. This game, it works a little bit different. You have to hit that knockout punch a whole bunch, and even then, sometimes it doesn't actually knock the guy out. Well, I mean, well, no, I mean, in the arcade version, in any of the version, you don't, it doesn't automatically knock no, him out. But it, it takes away a significant portion of their Yeah, oh, this, this, yeah. I mean, that, it was okay. It, that wasn't my biggest problem. Uh, well, it, it wasn't my biggest problem either. The, uh, the joystick, the joystick and keyboard combination, it's understandable. You couldn't map all these, but there's no way you can play this with one yeah. button. It's a Z. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, you can, but you're gonna be. It's gonna be diminished. So I'll, you know, I'm not gonna hold them against that. I still, I would have liked to be able to customize a game like this that has so many keys. Why they not put that in there? I mean, maybe again, we're neophytes in this area, so maybe in '85, customizable keyboard maps were not a thing that was being maybe, done. Maybe but not. I don't know. So. Once you get through all the rigmarole of loading up your fighter, you'll see that the fighters in this look vaguely familiar. And that's because uh, some of them were just straight out ripped off from Super Punch-Out. Uh, the opening guy that comes up right away is, uh, in, the, in Super Punch-Out, he's called, is, is called Bear Hugger. And this is called Canadian Crusher. So you can see they... <laughs> they kept his nationality. Then you've got the, uh, in, in, the, uh, in Super Punch-Out, the next guy, I can't remember his name, but he's basically like a Bruce Lee type, type fellow. Yeah, his name is like Jackie Chin or yeah, something like that. Yeah, in this he's named Fling Long Chop yeah. in the traditional hilarious... <laughs> <laughs> Offensive way. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know, I guess well, but it gets worse. Then you've got, in the arcade, you had uh, uh, Vodka Drunkinski, mm -hmm. a rushing offering. In Soda Popinski on yeah, the so, and, and this he's uh, Andrea Puncher... Uh, Puncherodov, not easy to say. Mm. Puncherodov, uh, same exact guy. And then you get into the customized. <laughs> these get a little. These they didn't even come close to trying. They said okay. So then you go into a guy named Tribal Trouble, who looks like a uh, kind of witch doctor type mm -hmm. or a, or a uh, deep deep jungle man. Right. Then you've got this is my favorite name of the bunch, Frenchy French. <laughs> Wonder where he's from. <laughs> France is the answer. It's, it's He's Frenchy French. Then you've got Ravioli Mafiosi. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was a different time. No, I'm going Ravioli <laughs> Ma <laughs> That's good stuff. Then you've got Antipodian Andy. Okay, so he's going to be probably from... Um, well, geez, the Antipodes could be like maybe from Australia or New Zealand. Antipodian Andy. And then last... Peter Perfect. Peter Perfect. Peter Perfect. <laughs> Which that it's like, in itself is another blue. Well, name. you know, do you know what the um, the when they took Mike Tyson out of? Uh, or no, that, never mind. It was Mr. Dream. Mr. Dream. I yeah. must have been thinking about Mr. Perfect. He's not Mr. In this Perfect. Game, no, he? he's awesome though. Yeah. But no, he would. Are you kidding me? He would be in this. So uh, th this is your path to the championship, except. Uh, uh, as Boat said, you can sort of just, when you beat a guy, it gives you a code. Mm -hmm. 
And so once you've got all the codes, you can pretty much play who you want with your initials. That's right. that's the scam. If you if you want to fight with your tape deck, you know, which I can't tell you, this is by far the most trouble I've had playing uh, one of the special Yeah, we, games. we haven't played a lot of these. Uh, yeah. There's different types of loading schemes. I know later games, there were multi-load games and things, and so maybe we're going to run into some well, more of these kind of shenanigans. I mean, I'm going to have to get a real one or something, because this, I mean, this was difficult. Well, even, even with my real one, yeah. you know, I'm still, I don't have a tape player. I'm hooking my, my Android phone up to it, and scanning through the tape on that Android program is no fun. Now, I thought this was interesting. I was trying to do some research on the background of this thing. And Chris Harvey, I found this. I wish I could remember where I saw this. But Chris Harvey, who worked on the graphics, always oh, on Lemon. Lemon 64, I found this. Mm -hmm. He worked on the graphics on the 64 version of this. said originally when they were putting this game together, uh, instead of having Frank Bruno, there was a large green wireframe outline just like Punch-Out. And then they found out that they got the license and they added a whole He's, bunch of brown. He said, <laughs> I love this is exact quote, and there's so much of this makes me happy. The boxer was, the this is Chris Harvey. The boxer was originally the same green wireframe as Punch-Out, and it looked awesome. But then Elite, flush with Airwolf money, <laughs> and the fact that they only paid us 45 quid a week, Got Frank, got the Frank Bruno license, so I had to go back and throw in a lot of brown. <laughs> he also he goes. He also explained that some MPs heard about the computer fighter names such as Frenchie and Fling Long Chop, and said that the game was racist on the Prime Minister's Question Time. Now I don't know what the Prime Minister's Question Time is. I'm sure someone over there can tell us. But I did amuse me that that, that got drawn to the attention right. of these people. It's like, you know, we just came out of the Falklands, and now... Can you imagine this? you're the Prime Minister, and someone's like, what do you think about this racist Frank Bruno game? He's like, what the... What's going on? Welcome to Prime Minister Question Time. <laughs> now, let's talk about the actual gameplay. We haven't gotten into that okay. much. Okay, so let's pretend you got the controls down, and you're ready to go in here and have some punch-out fun. Well, I didn't like this either. It is not... It's not easy to tell what's happening. No. I've played a ton of Punch-Out. I've played, like I said, I've played the Punch-Out clone on the Coco, and, which is, you know, uh, uh, a system that's, that's in the same ballpark as the Spectrum. And it was much easier to know what was going on. This one, I've, I had a difficult time. And I'm a pretty good hand at Punch-Out. Would you like me to tell you everything that's wrong with this game? Uh, yeah, please. jump. You Please take the floor, boat. So, in Punch-Out, and it's many sequels, you are a tiny man, or you are a see-through man. Right. Okay? Little when, Mac. When you are a tiny man, the enemy sprites are huge. This allows the animators to build in telegraphs, signs, and things so you can learn patterns. Because at its core, Punch-Out is a rhythm game. It's a rhythm game. Um, in this game, you're the, the enemy boxers are the same size as you, Frank Bruno. So you can't really see what they're doing. You see that they're moving their hands in interesting ways, <laughs> but that none of what they none of what that does corresponds to any particular attack. Uh, this is not a game where you can learn patterns and, and, and enact those patterns. Uh, this is a game of randomness where you can land 50 shots in a row, not knock the guy out, and then the guy comes back and no matter what you do, he destroys you. Um, this is basically if you took punch out and you removed all of the elements that made it a good game made it look worse and um and then put in that ridiculous loading scheme frank bruno's boxing is what you'd end up with 
you're right about the your first of all just to to give you credit on your point when it comes to the, being able to see through your boxer. I remember when I first played NES Punch Out, and and they changed the wireframe guy into that little guy, little mm -hmm. Mac. And I, I said, man, this looks stupid. Who thought this was a good idea? And then I played it, and I was like, ah, I got it. It makes sense because they sacrificed the fact that you're playing like a, a, a tiny little dude because you could you could see what was happening. Right. Right. And then eventually they went to that more wireframe see-through with the Super Nintendo version, which was also fine. In the arcade, they stuck with it. And there are some boxing games where you just see a couple of phantom gloves. Because, mm -hmm. really, your picture is not that important. No. Nobody wants to look at the back of but your But they paid for they paid Mr. Bruno. Uh, they drove a dump truck full of money up to his mansion. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to use him in the game. And they, I guess they didn't want you to fight him like you did Mike Tyson's punch out. You, so you're going to be... Which is okay. Sure. Because a lot of people were upset that they couldn't be Mike Tyson. That's mm -hmm. understandable. But... This is the folly of that reasoning, is that you're right. Your guy takes up a lot of the space that you need to see what's going on. And this game is sort of, it's the, the sprites are, I mean, it's not a bad looking game no. per se. In but fact, uh, they could scoot everything more centralized and a little bit more, or just make the, your enemies larger than they are. Well, this, this is the curse of the Phantom HUD. Uh, this is, the, you know, the top third of the screen is nothing but a giant scoreboard. Uh, if they would have made that a third smaller, increased the sprite size of your enemy fighter, you could have kept Frank Bruno the same size and it would have been okay. I would have made Frank smaller. But I mean, anyway, well, here's, something here's the thing. Done. If you make him smaller, then you show, like, for example, if you compare this to Little Mac, you see more of Little Mac's body on the screen. Yeah, you see his legs and everything. Yeah. I mean, you're right. I, mean, I guess what I'm saying is they needed to do something. You know, I can I can live with everything they've got. Because here's the thing: the speed of this game is not bad. No, it's not bad. No, it moves along a pretty good clip. Um, it, of course, the frame rate is atrocious, but we're talking about the spectrum. It's not going to be super super awesome. But I didn't feel like the speed detracted from the game at all. Um, it's 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 the size of the characters and the way that the the enemy AI is programmed. I will say, just I I tried every boxer. And I even looked at the Scooby Doo ad at the end of the game. I went through everything. If you, you there's a little ad for Scooby at the end. Um, and some boxes were more annoying. Like I did not like Bear Hugger. I because I'm used to playing in the arcade. He was just these guys aren't like their arcade counterparts no. that much. I mean that's their look, but they're not. They don't very really play like them. Uh, and uh, he was he was the ugliest of the fighters. I thought he was real crummy looking. The other ones are they're they're they vary in the way they look. Uh, but uh, I would have liked this game a lot more if I could have saw more of what was happening. And that mm -hmm. was my bit. That that well, I mean, really, the number one killer for me was the fact that you the way it loaded. I hated that. It was such a pain. Yeah. Again, I'm not going to dock it for that because well, I am sorry because I mean, even back in those days, there were, we played like we played like all the track and field games and stuff, and they didn't load like that. Would you yeah. take? Well, obviously, the reason why is because you can't play all the track and field events in any order. Yeah, but so, that's playing fighting these guys in any order is stupid. Well, I was going to say, so you would you would give up the ability to fight these guys in any order just to be able to play through? Oh the game. yes, okay. oh god, absolutely. I mean, what what punch out lets you pick who you fight? That's not the way boxing works. You get to go up the ranks. That's what mm -hmm. you're supposed to do. But because at the end you can be you can beat the champ. You're the champ, and you and you won. That's right. the way it's supposed to be. Uh, you know, I did not. Yeah, that, I think the fighting the boxes in any order, eh? I, I didn't care about that. And uh, you know, plus if they'd wanted to had a code to let you skip ahead, it would be the exact same thing. Then, then if you're going to have a code to skip ahead, you have to open the tape thing and hit fast forward. That's on you. Okay, you wanted to do it, but I mean, they shouldn't make you do it. That's right. why I don't. I don't like that. Um, this thing got pretty good scores, Boatster, on the uh, from your review crew. Um, the World Spectrum folks gave it 7.53. Uh, 
Uh, Crash gave it an 86. Uh, uh, CVG gave it a 37 out of 40. Sinclair User gave it 4 out of 5 stars. Uh, Popular Computing Weekly gave it 4 out of 5. Computer Gamer, 14 out of 20. Your Spectrum, 4 out of 5. And ZX Computing gave it 3 out of 5. I give it not that high a score, but maybe this is one of those games that we've just we're getting too well, lazy. Here's the I don't thing. Know. Here's the thing. If you'd never played Punch Out before and all you'd played were other boxing games on the spectrum, I bet this is at near the top of the heap in boxing games on the spectrum. Well, I'll tell you something. To go back to it, I remember when I found out there was a Coco clone of Punch Out. I was so excited because mm-hmm. I love Punch Out so much. And I, like I said, I've tried many other clones of it, and they're and they're fun. And you're right. If this came out, but there's no way I would have liked the way you play it. I just any version of me. I don't care if the game looks like dead on the arcade. For me to have to sit there and do all this crazy stuff, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. It, it should load itself. I don't want to have to go do any of this other craziness. Yeah. A fun fact. Also, this game was released before. The NES Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, that, this beat it to the beat it to release. There you go. Now I should mention that there was sort of a it's not a sequel by any stretch, but they actually released a uh, another. They re-released this basically as uh, Frank Bruno's World Championship Boxing Encore, and this was in memory. And this was to celebrate uh, the uh, Tyson Bruno fight in '89. Okay. All right. So. Uh, from what I could tell, it's the same exact game uh, with a new box, but I, I there wasn't a whole lot on that, so I guess that's pretty much the same the same exact game. Mm-hmm. What do you got from the uh, Discord? We had some uh, we had a bunch of reviews on this game from our Discord community. Uh, Spence QLZX says, "I remember two fighters from the '80s. Barry, you want to help me out with that? McGot, McG- was it McGigan?" Okay, I thought he was famous. I thought you would know. I'm not familiar okay. with him, I'll be honest. He was with so him. aggressive, he made Begbie from Train Spotting look like a kindly bank manager. That's hard to believe, because that guy was out of his mind. And the lovable Frank Bruno. My recollection of this game from back in the day is that it Spectrum's, it is the Spectrum's Justin Trudeau. A little bit on the NPC side, a couple of embarrassing screenshots could surface at any moment in RetroGamer, and the whole Spectrum <laughs> community yeah. would have to apologize. <laughs> The good news is that my memory is vault is faulty. It's no daily Thompson's decathlon in that respect. A pugilist game that reminds me strongly of the boxing game in Wii Sports. On the negative side, it's a slugger, as in sluggish, and the frame rate makes South Park look well animated. There's moves in here that the Marquis of Queensbury, of Queensbury. Okay, would frown on, but you know what it but you know what it was fun a fun ninety minutes, six out of ten. And then he says Barry McGeegan went on to be represented in Target Renegade as a pool cue toting fighter. There you go. Um, you you never, know, I'm, I'm guessing you've never seen Train Spotting, have you? Oh, man, that's the antithesis of a, anything I've ever watched. It's such a great film. It really is so good. Um, you know, I, one thing I didn't realize is there probably are quite a few people that are listening to this right now or watching this uh, on YouTube that never played the, uh, the NES Punch Out or the arcade. You know, and that, that that puts you in a different. I don't know. Right now, mind. I would say they would probably at least have played the Wii version. There's a lot of people out there that never that that they love their micros and they don't play yeah. anything. Well, else. I will say, uh, if you haven't played them, I suggest you give them a shot. They're great, and they were they're very well known here and in mm-hmm. Japan. That's yeah. no doubt about that. Yeah. Retro Enzo says, 
I didn't play this in the day, but I didn't play Punch-Out either. And I understand that Frank Bruno's boxing is an unofficial clone of the Nintendo game. Imagine if that happened today. Lawyers would have a field day. I'm sorry to say I'm not impressed. It's really sluggish. The graphics are poor, even by ZX Spectrum standards. Punches were landed more by luck than judgment, and any progress I was lucky enough to make was quickly undone within a matter of seconds. It's not one I think I'll load up again. Four out of ten. Next up, Graham W. Vebke says, The man, Frank Bruno MBE, he's an MBE, wow, himself is a well-known and respected boxer. I don't enjoy boxing games other than Panza Kickboxing. Even Punch-Out bores me. And unfortunately, this game is not changing my opinion. It's very slow, unfair, and visually unappealing, and I couldn't wait to get knocked out, so it ended. All right, Harry, go play something else. Maybe with Zig and Zag in it instead. He's right. He's referring to a... Uh when Bruno would call fights, he would often refer to his punch. All right, Harry, this oh, and that, yeah. Three out of ten. Frank, uh, yeah, if you don't like Punch-Out, you will definitely not like Frank Bruno's yeah. boxing. Chris Fold says, Oh, man. <laughs> as a kid, I have fond memories of Frank Bruno, even seeing him appear as the genie in the, in the Panto at Nottingham. However, coming back to this game with sensible glasses on, it is a terrible punch-out clone. I should have picked Jeff Cape's Strongman, 4 out of 10. I think Chris is the one that suggested this in Clive's Club. <laughs> and then he's posted a picture of Frank Bruno as Aladdin. We'll throw that up on the uh, on the screen here. Him and, him and uh, was it, who was it, Shaq that played Aladdin? No, Shaq played Kazam. Yeah. They could have had a, a throwdown. The battle of the huge, <laughs> huge men. So uh, we thank our Discord community for contributing those reviews. There's one thing I should add before we move on. I found this on eBay in the USA. Can you believe that? No. This is going to be one of the first ones I've found with these. It was the Frank Bruno's World Championship Boxing Encore, 7 bucks, And in the UK, it's 5 bucks all day long. Mm. So you're good to go there. But yeah, hey, I almost picked this up. I thought maybe you already had it in your collection. I couldn't remember. No. I, I always, Maybe. I don't know. I'll have to check. I need to. I'm going to. One of my projects is cataloging all the, the wave of Spectrum games that have landed on our shores. Put it on, put it on the list. Yeah. Um, I do want to let everyone know that uh, the audio version of Our Sinclair has a new home on Anchor.fm. If you go to Anchor.fm slash Our Sinclair, you can get links to the RSS feed as well as all of the platforms that we're currently available uh, on, all your podcatchers. Um, and if you're listening to this in audio form, uh, feel free to check out the show on YouTube. If you listen on audio and you just want a quick peek in to look at some of the footage, we always show the game footage uh, during the show, too. That's what I do with ARG. Got to get in there and see what Hobo is all about and all that Oh, man, stuff. you can't get enough Hobo. <laughs> no, no. Um, Aaron, I do want to thank our Patreon supporters. If you like the show and you want to support it, you can go to patreon.com slash Sinclair. Just like Andrew Waite. Jeff Owen, David Spencer, Cap'n Crispy, Laurent Giroux, Gary Heather, Eric Nelson, Harbonaut, Graham Vebke, Frodo NL, Tapes from the Crypt, Pixels at Dawn, Chris Folds, Paul Bossman Harrington, and Christopher Hassall. Fine men all. Fine men all. Mm. Uh, Aaron, next week we're going to have another new show. We are not going to be taping at our normal time on... Um, Friday nights. Instead, we are going to be taping on Sunday afternoon, which means that our Sinclair will be delayed until Sunday evening. So uh, if you are a normal listener on Friday night slash Saturday morning when the show normally goes up, um, please uh, don't be alarmed. Uh, we will be back on track uh, in two weeks. We're going to be recording a couple Sundays in a row, but the show will come out. 
votes in demand. His, his, his talents and skills require him to be gone. That's true. Him. That's true. Next week, Aaron, oh, you're going to love this. We're going to play Midnight Resistance. Oh, the arcade game? Yeah, the arcade, the arcade game? game. Okay, yeah. that should be interesting. I, another one, I obviously have not tried this on here, so that should be. That, we'll see how it does. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. we, before we go, we want to thank all the fine folks that joined us live here in the YouTube chat room for the recording of this program. William Becker, Picard2005, Curtis Boyle, Jason Plevin, uh, Angus Arthur, Pacbilly, Z9K9, Level Lord, uh, Duncan Styles. Thank you all so much for hanging out in the chat. It's always a good time with the you guys. The Brent was even in here. Oh. Yeah, and you know he's up to the good. Retro Man K was here live, yeah, so that was Blackpool, nice. We had, yeah. we had a good crowd today. Absolutely. All right, guys, we will see you next week. Until then, rewind tape and press play.